0: Welcome to more Reliving the War, an audio-only exclusive show that can only be found on the Reliving the War podcast. I'm Ryan from Wrestling Bios and this show will really supplement what you've already seen on the YouTube Reliving the War series and the content found on this podcast. Just to let you know guys, this isn't scripted, this is all off the cuff, it's more of an informal talk about what we've just seen on the Reliving the War series So, Reliving the War tells the story of Raw vs Nitro in weekly format, looking at each individual week and comparing the WWF and WCW's flagship shows. The video versions that you can find on YouTube are recommended but I know people like to listen to the videos when they're in their cars or they're at work, whatever it may be, so I thought a podcast would be a good idea to make things more accessible, more reliving the war this what you're listening to now this will only be audio this won't go on youtube so this gives you a bit more content to enjoy and it's just it's just a way for me to really say thanks for checking out the podcast also so the reliving the war podcast uh, it should now be available on all major podcasting platforms uh, it should be on Stitcher, Google Podcasts, iTunes, TuneIn, and Spotify. I believe I confirmed all of those, but it, yeah, it's um, found it actually pretty easy <laughs> to to get a podcast live. I, I thought there would have been a bit more to it, but it that wasn't the case. It was quite quite easy to get to get the show uploaded and get it on the platform. So that's good. Uh, In terms of the uh, Reliving the War series, we're only five episodes in. Well, six, including the introduction episode, you know, the one, the introduction to Nitro and Raw. So it's been interesting seeing the early days of the Monday Night War. You know, in particular, it's been interesting seeing WCW learning from their earlier mistakes one week and then falling back into a bad routine the next. You can definitely tell that WCW were testing the waters and they were trying to see what worked, you know. And uh, you know, it, it was like one week, it was packed full of content, full of matches and promos, one after the other. Then that show didn't do too well in the ratings, so next week they just tried four segments like three matches and one promo, and it was excellent. And then they went back to stuffing everything into, you know, into one show. So that's been interesting. It's just, it's, you know, you can see what they were trying to do at certain times and trying to see what's stick, uh, sorry, what's stuck. And yeah, that's been really, really, really interesting to see. You know, the quick matches that we're seeing on Nitro aren't helping at all. Like And from last week's episode, there was two matches that were under a minute and a half, There was the Sting match and the Road Warrior Hawk match. So that isn't helping things at all, you know. And like I said in the previous episode of Reliving the War, um, a lot of people have commented and said that WCW will always kill the WWF when it comes to the mid card, but that hasn't been the case at all because of the short matches and because WCW won't give... You Know they're not given good enough time for people to get invested in the not just the characters but the matches themselves, that is a problem, and I think that's going to be a problem also going forward. Um, you know, w- with both shows only being one hour long, yes, the WWF have struggled with content. You know, with you know, there was only two matches on last week's show, but. They're still giving good time for the matches. The six-man tag had a good, a good match. It told a story from start to end. Whereas Nitro isn't even letting their matches start, never mind having a middle or an end. So while the WWF may be lacking in you know uh, characters or actual you know good in-ring talent like you know the way WCW has the likes of Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit coming up, all things like that. If those guys aren't given enough time to work, um, if they're not given enough time, you know, to settle into a match and tell their story, then the WWF are going to kick their ass in the mid-card, uh, If you know, and that's because me, myself, enjoy, I enjoy longer matches, I enjoy, you know, being able to settle down and watch a match from start to end and see what they're trying to tell, what story they're trying to tell, and that may swing things in the WWF's favor uh, in the weeks that follow, but at the moment on Nitro, it seems to be from to the point we're at now. Um, it's all really the the main story's been Savage, Randy Savage and Lex Luger. That's been the main big angle that WCW's running with, and to be quite honest, um, and you may have picked this up uh, by watching the YouTube series or listening here to the podcast, but. To be honest, it hasn't been super entertaining to me. Um, Randy Savage is is a great talent and Lex Luger... (sighs) I I don't want it to come across like I I don't like Lex Luger. It's not that I don't like him. But there's times you can tell when Lex Luger was being maybe a little bit lazy. Um, I think as well, at this point in his career anyway. And he does improve. he, He does improve. But I think at this point in his career, you know, coming towards the end of 1995... I think Lex was a little disheartened because of everything that happened in the WWF. The way he was positioned to be that uh, the next Hogan sort of thing, and that didn't happen, obviously. Um, so I think uh, at the moment, Lex is kind of he's not he's not all there at the moment, and I think his performances are struggling because of it. Now, what's also interesting is, you know, how many times have you heard Eric Bischoff saying that he didn't want to re-sign Lex Luger, he didn't want to bring Lex Luger into WCW in 1995, uh, but he did it anyway as a favour to sting. Now, we've heard that a lot of times, but that doesn't explain why Eric Bischoff is still putting him on TV every single week, (laughs) you know. um, You'd think that he would tone it down a wee bit with Lex Luger and... I don't know. It's just my personal opinion. But I don't think. I don't think the Randy Savage versus Lex Luger stuff is where WCW should be at the moment. Um. And I think the reason why that's been happening is because Hulk Hogan just doesn't have the dates. Um, they don't have enough dates for Hogan to bring him into Nitro to, to fill this void. So, really, Randy Savage has been doing the legwork. You know, he's been co- uh, constantly uh, featured on WCW Nitro from the very first episode. He's probably been featured it, between him and Ric Flair. Um, feature, nobody else has been featured more than those guys on Nitro so far, and that's that's including promos and matches. So, and Lex Luger too. You know, whenever Savage has been around, Lex has been around. So, but I just don't think that that story, the Savage versus Luger thing, should be where they're going towards at the moment. The Arn Anderson and Ric Flair stuff, I feel, has been a lot better. Um, but that's just my personal opinion, also, and that's something that you need to, you know, keep in uh, keep in mind throughout this whole series. Is whenever I say something's better, it's just I think something else is better. That doesn't mean you'll think something else is better, or the general media at the time, you know. But that's where they're at, and really, uh, at the moment, I'm already looking forward to the Savage and Luger stuff coming to an end, and I know it doesn't last very long. But we've still got a few weeks of it, so there's that uh, Over on Raw, really, Raw's been, you know, because of the taped format Things have been a little messy when talking about, you know, developing stories And putting you know, putting certain guys at the forefront You know, for example, the WWF champion Diesel has only been featured there, he's only worked once this whole time and he's the champion And I know Hogan has only worked once as well, if we include the very, very first episode of Nitro, but there's really no excuse not to have Diesel there, because it's not like he's on a, you know, a silly contract that limits his appearances and stuff like that. Really, the Razor Ramon and the 1-2-3 kids story that's been playing out, I found that very entertaining. I think that's been, you know, I, I think that's been the best thing, really, on Raw at the moment. Um... Cam Cornett have really been; they've been the big heels. You know, Yokozuna and Owen Hart have had a good bit of TV time, but we're now just coming up to the Davy Boy Smith stuff with uh, the British Bulldog getting his shot at the WWF title. So, really, that's where that they're at at the moment. It, it it is a bit messy, and that's because their tapings. You know, it's like, you know, they only have guys you know work a certain amount of times at one taping <clears throat> Excuse me. So what you've what you're saying now is, you know, coming towards the end of the tapings such as these Grand Rapids tapings at the moment, um they're trying to fill out the shows with um with really bad con- content to be honest, you know Filling it up with the likes of the Summerslam replays and stuff, I couldn't believe that. How long that was a good ten minutes of the show. And that doesn't seem like a long time, but when you consider that, you know, the air time, not including commercial breaks, for a Raw and a Nitro is only about forty five minutes. You know, taking away ten minutes of a show to show a mediocre Summerslam match, I don't think is The right move to be honest, but they're doing that because they don't have any more content to show from those tapings. That's why that happens. Also, they're building towards the you know, they're building towards this Bret Hart versus Isaac Yankum cage match that will be featured on this week's Reliving the War. Um, But it's unnecessary to show that SummerSlam stuff. As I said, I don't mind seeing pay per view uh, replays and clips, but. At the same time, I don't really want to see 10 minutes of a match um, that really doesn't have much going for it. They could have easily just talked about that for for two minutes on commentary, you know. But if we talk about, uh, uh, at this point in time in in the war, it's so early in, you know, we're only, what, like five, six weeks in. The production values uh, in that category, WCW has been totally killing it, you know, the lighting has been better. The camera work has been better. Just the overall presentation of WCW Nitro, I feel, blows WWF Raw out of the water. It just looks a lot better. Um, and what you're what you're going to notice here as we go forward and Raw changes its location for the tapings, you know, is a, you're going to notice a real inconsistency with Raw. You know, some are, some arenas or some venues will look good, while others will look really really small and they even struggle to get the entranceway set up. They're that small. Like the raw letters will be, you know, really clumped together. There'll be no screen at the entranceway, things like that. And that's something you're gonna notice going forward. And you know, if you look at some of these uh, the arenas for Nigro, yes there are empty seats. But the entranceway, the lights on the entranceway, the power, everything—you know—even even the audio quality through the feed and stuff—it's just better, and it it does make for an, a more pleasant viewing experience whenever you're sitting down to watch these, especially these days. You know, on a you know if you've got a big TV, and you're putting on some of these shows, you know, raw can look really washed out and stuff, but Nitro looks good. Um, but we'll talk about that as the shows go on. Um, so. If we if we talk about um, I'm just looking at a, a couple of notes here, uh, the best worker I think to date. Um, we'll, we'll look at both shows. The best worker I think to date on Nitro would probably go to Ric Flair. Um, both of his matches have been good with Arn Anderson, the the singles match and then the cage match. And as I said before those matches on Reliving the War, his promos. Are just hard to beat, you know. If someone's over on Raw and they're going against a Ric Flair promo, that's that's going to be a tough one to win. It's just it's always a pleasure seeing the Nature Boy in the ring, and you know Randy Savage too, has worked hard. Yeah, even though the Lex Luger stuff hasn't really been for me, as I said earlier, Randy Savage has always been there. Uh, he's been there from the start, so. Yeah, Rick Flair, I'd say to this point, Ric Flair has been the MVP for Nigro and Savage would be a close second. Over on Raw, uh probably I would go with Razor Ramon. Has probably been the MVP over there so far. You know, the Razor and One Two Three Kids stuff or sorry, the Razor and One Two Three Kids stuff's been really interesting and really fun to watch. And also, Owen Hart. Uh, you know, Owen's getting a chance to work with different guys, and every time he's in the ring, he's been entertaining. So, yeah, like, if it was to pick one, I would say so far, at this point, the, this early point in the Monday Night War, Razor Ramon has been the Raw MVP. Just that tough guy, babyface, is really, you know, that persona is really, really working out well for him. Uh, at the moment, uh, just where we are at the on the Monday Night War, we're coming up to In Your House Four, which is a very well, it's a week pay per view. Um, I might cover that on more reliving the war right here on the podcast. We might do a watch along, or just somewhere to get that covered. Um, Halloween Havoc 1995 over on the WCW side is so bad that it needs to be covered Uh, I'd like to cover it on YouTube but pay-per-view reviews never really work out well for me so you know the Halloween Havoc 1995 and In Your House 4 pay-per-views that could be something we could tie into the podcast here ...and something that we might do... ...maybe for more Reliving the War... ...we can just talk about you know the pay per view ...some months and things like that... ...but if you've got any suggestions... ...or if, even if you've got comments or questions... ...for the show... ...just email me at wrestlingbios at yahoo.com... Whatever, ...whatever you uh, email... ...I'll read it out here on the show... ...and we can talk about it... ...so... Wh- ...where are we then? So uh, <laughs> the big question is... ...and what a lot of people are commenting on YouTube... is. Um will this show, will reliving the war make it to the very end of the Monday Night Wars? And it's a good question. Will reliving the war be able to tell that whole story looking at every single week the way it's started, you know week after week after week. Does this show have the legs to keep going? I've done a little research um, just as I was uploading this podcast and I've seen that other people have tried to do it. I see that there's a couple of people that are in the middle of trying to do it, but nobody to this point has covered every single week, either in podcast format or in video format. Um, I'll give you my word right now that I'm going to try my best to do it. The only thing that's really going to stop me would be if the YouTube channel uh, goes away, if it disappears. That would really be the only thing that's, you know, if for some sort of policy or copyright thing, whatever it may be, that would be the only thing that stops reliving the war. So you've got my word that I'm going to try my best to finish this whole thing. You know, I'm looking forward to you know mid 1996, all of 1997, and probably a portion of 1998. Um, but you know, in order to get there, the YouTube channel needs to stay, and we can just keep our fingers crossed that that'll be the case. Um you know it's and as i say what you need to keep in mind is that the scoring system that's being used here and all that stuff it's all personal opinion and i bring that up because you know i I looked at a couple of other shows that are doing this and i don't like watching or listening to other people's shows because i want to keep everything i don't want to be influenced by anything at all what other people thought um but those people are giving their personal opinions too, and that's fine. So you just need to keep that in mind. Anytime you watch any shows like this, or if you're listening to podcasts, the best thing for you to do is to also watch the shows. If it's coming up, you know you, you know what the next straw night was going to be. So take the time to watch the shows, and then watch the Reliving the War uh, videos or listen on the show here, and then let me know what you thought in um, that way, you know. Um, People already want my head on a silver platter for stating (laughs) opinions But I know that a lot of, of these people aren't watching the show They're not watching the same thing I just saw so do that watch the shows the show will remain weekly Uh, shows will go up either on a wednesday or a friday on youtube Um, i've been trying to stick to wednesdays you know monday you know putting the shows up on a monday would be the obvious thing to do but it's impossible for me it's just because of the stuff i have to deal with over a weekend so uh i'm trying my best to stick on to wednesdays if reliving the war doesn't go up on a wednesday it would go up on a friday so just to wrap things up um just to where we are now i'm i'll just give you my opinions on what i think's been the best matches and the worst matches so far up until this point in the monday night war so the best match for wcw would be the Ric flair versus arn anderson singles match from october 2nd 1995 not the cage match the singles match i thought that match was really good and um excuse me, they went really, really hard at, at that match and it, it looked it looked pretty brutal. There were some good stiff, stiff shots and stuff so I thought that was good. On the WWF side, I think the six-man tag from last week's show, the October 9th, Shawn Michaels, Diesel and The Undertaker against Yoko Zuna, Owen Hart and The Bulldog. I think that was the best match that the WWF's put on so far in the Monday Night War. Um the worst match I've seen for WCW would probably be Road Warrior Hawk versus Big Bubba on October 9th. You know, Disco Inferno uh, Disco Inferno's interruption made that a complete non-match. It just shouldn't have happened. And the worst WWF match to this point would probably be Brian Walsh versus Jean-Pierre Lafitte on September 18th. So yeah. That's going to do things for more Reliving the War. Again, this is this is maybe me trying to test uh, what's going to happen with this show, try to get a feel for this show, see where I want to take this show. So I need to get the first one uploaded see what you guys think, give you a bit more content, and we'll evolve the show as time goes on. Um, coming up on Raw, we've got the Cage match, Bret Hart versus Isaac Yangham. Um In the coming weeks, we also have Shawn Michaels forfeiting the IC Championship, and we also have on the October 30th, Raw will be an interesting main event that puts Owen Hart versus Razor Ramon, two guys who I think have been great workers for uh, WWF at, during this period of the war. So that will be good. Over on Nitro, we have Ric Flair versus Iron. Arna- <coughs> Excuse me. Over on Nitro, we've got Rick Flair versus Arn. <coughs> Excuse me. Over on Nitro, we're going to have Ric Flair versus Arn Anderson and Brian Pullman. So we'll have to see if Ric Flair has a tag team partner for that match. Uh, We also have Chris Benoit's Nitro debut against Eddie Guerrero, which is coming up this week. And more craziness from the Dungeon of Doom and Hulk Hogan. So thanks for listening, and I hope you keep... So thanks for listening, and I hope you keep enjoying Reliving the War. Again, my email address is wrestlingbios at yahoo.com. Send me in your comments, your questions, and we'll read them out on the show, and thank you for listening to more Reliving the War.